Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hello and welcome to The Last Show on Earth. I'm John Owen-Jones. And I'm Alistair Brammer. And you're listening to the podcast where each episode we ask our guests the enormously important question that nobody ever needed to ask. If there was a huge asteroid hurtling towards Earth, threatening to destroy life as we know it, and you could see one more show before you die, what would it be? It could be anything you want, a show you've seen, one that you wish you'd seen, or something that you've made up entirely. Our guest this episode is talent show winning, housewife's favourite, all-round good guy, Lee Mead. After starring in several West End shows, Lee became a household name after winning TV musical theatre talent contest, Any Dream Will Do, where every week he could be seen beating off some stiff... Oh, wait, no, that doesn't sound right. Um, Oh, uh, where every week viewers gasped as they watched him dominating other boys. Oh, no, God, no, that doesn't sound right either. Uh, Oh, I know, uh, where every week he triumphed against other very talented actors in the search for Joseph, including our very own Alistair Brammer. Yes, which I did not win. Now, as well as Any Dream Will Do and Joseph in the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, Lee has a string of top theatre credits to his name, with a CV including shows like Chicago, Wicked, Phantom, Tommy, Miss Saigon, and more. And he's just finished a very successful run in We Will Rock You as Khashoggi in the West End production. He's released four albums and is also well known for playing Lofty in Casualty and Holby City. A highlight of which, of course, was starring opposite me. (laughs) Now, we talked to Lee just last week. A very quick turnaround on this episode as he gets ready to release some new music and go on another UK solo concert tour. Now, he has a lovely last show choice, a global hit, which John has never seen. And we also discussed the next steps in his already varied career, dodgy accents and showing his arse on screen. Oh, please enjoy the last show on earth of the Technicolor Dreamboat himself, Lee Mead. I think almost 11,000 guys auditioned over six, seven months, and then it just got further and further, really, and it came to a point I had to decide to leave Phantom and do the final 12 of the show, and they said to me, even if you get knocked off the first week of the TV show, we can't give you your job back at Phantom. So and I had my first mortgage with my brother, Casey, my first flat as well. I had bills to pay, I had no wow, money. A tough choice. It was a massive financial risk, and luckily it paid off. Here we ask the question, nobody dared to ask. If you had a day to live, what show would be your last? What is your last show on earth? This is the last show on earth. My name is John. My name is Al. Been friends a long time past. We want to know what show you'd see. If you knew it was to be your last, what is your last show on earth? This is the last show on earth. What is your last show on earth? This is the last show on earth. Welcome to the last show on earth, the wonderful Lee Mead. Hooray! Yeah, yeah, woo, 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 
How you doing, mate? I'm very well. Thanks for having me on, on your podcast. Very excited. You're very welcome. You're looking very well. What are you up to at the moment? I've just got back from Turkey with the kids and my fiance Izzy. I had a, a week in Turkey, which was incredible. Our first holiday abroad. So my stepson Alfie, I've known him since he was three. He's now nine. And Betsy, my daughter's 13. And we've always done centre parks and UK holidays, which are great, yeah. but never had a holiday abroad. And um, it was amazing, yes. Lovely. Yeah, no, I've got to say, I love, I love centre parks. I used to go with the kids myself. But I also... Um, love the Rukas, which is something that is a, a real risk in a centre parks. <laughs> or, or tasting, or tasting someone else's piss when you go for a swim. Yeah, so... Uh... <laughs> but... We've got a family holiday booked as well. We're going off to Croatia in a couple of weeks. Lovely. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So Izzy, is she in the business? She's not. She she has her own uh, beauty aesthetics salon, which I'm, I'm so proud of her. She she was doing accounts for a local company, single mum, before we met, and um, she had a dream of having, having her own salon. And she's got nine, ten staff now working for her. Wow. And she's just been nominated for best business at the Kent Health and Beauty Awards. Busy Izzy. Busy Izzy. Yeah. Busy Izzy. Yeah. <laughs> so she could be award winning, just like you, Lee. She, she <laughs> we're talking to rear of the year yeah 2007 i knew that's what you were getting at how is your rear uh, nearly two decades later is it still going strong it, it's still got a bit of perk i'm not gonna lie it's right well i certainly know that your rear's got a bit of perk you've been very close up to it haven't you alistair yeah literally touching distance yeah yeah Yes. So yes, we certainly have, haven't we? Do you want to do you want to tell the story, Lee? No, I, I don't at all, actually. No. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the, yeah. What a, what a brilliant podcast guest. Do you want to tell the story? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> we we did uh, casualty together, and there was a, an episode where we auctioned off Lofty for a date. Lofty is the character that was played by Lee, and I played Jack Diamond, a part that I totally would not be allowed to play now. <laughs> Why? <laughs> no way. Why? Because he was a screaming, a screaming gay character, like outrageously camp. Almost like a caricature. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, and you know, to be fair, on the breakdown, it said, think Jack from Will and Grace. So they wanted it like that. Yeah. But nevertheless, I probably would be, they'd, they'd, they'd probably turn me away these days. But anyway, um, yeah, there was a particular scene where we were getting him ready for his date and um, I had to spray tan his backside, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> and we spent about an hour with the director negotiating how much of my bum crack should be on screen as well. Legally, yeah. So I, I, I know a clip exists. We'll have to put that up in the podcast description. But how much of your ass do you, do you see all your ass then? No, just the top of the crack and a, a bit, bit of the cheek. You see the little dimples. You see his little lovely little dimples. You've got dimples. <laughs> did you have to wax yeah. or anything? Did you have to keep it all nice and tidy before you did it or...? Did you do a test shoot on your ass? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we couldn't get through it. We did about five takes, and there's a lot of there's a lot of sort of bloopers of us just looking each other in the eye and then just pissing ourselves. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> so that was Casualty. Well, how long ago was that? That was two thousand and you were in it for a while, weren't you? And Holby City. Yeah, I did five years uh, on and off, which was an amazing five years on that. And then I got sick of wearing scrubs in the end, so yeah. it was time to. Go back to the singing and um... and you left at one point. I remember when I came in, you were um, you were you, you had a meeting because you went to do um, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang on tour. That's right. Yes, I, I did two years on Casualty and decided I got the offer to play Pops in Chitty. It was one of the shows that I always wanted to do, and it's, it's a great role, isn't it, Pops? And and all the film as a kid, and it was to share the role with Jason Manford for for the year. And um, I did six months and had, had an amazing tour. 
released an album, d- did a did Panto at the Palladium, which was fun, the first one back, Cinderella, playing the Prince. Mm-hmm. And then um, they said, how do you feel about coming back as Lofty but into Holby? And then did three years. Oh, wow. Oh, right. I didn't know you were in it for that long. That's a, that's an immense stint. You're almost like Ken Barlow, aren't you, from Coronation Street? <laughs> <laughs> it was. We do a little bit in a minute about, you know, we do a quiz for you where we ask you questions so we get like a potted version of your life and career so far. But I want to talk to you quickly about your albums because you've got four solo albums out. I've got the first Mm. one, which I love. Um, I haven't got the other three, though. Sorry about that. I mean, I actually bought it. (laughs) I bought it. Can you believe it? Yeah. I can't believe you bought my album. Gonna make you a star. Yeah. Glorious stuff. And that 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 was released at the peak of your Joseph fame, yeah, Joseph. You know when you were like, you know, a household name, mm. and obviously you've kept that up. But that must have been an extraordinary period of your life. I mean, you were in Phantom, weren't you, when you did that? Yeah, I, I did a year contract in Phantom. I was first cover row, and I really wanted Lawrence Connor, as you know, Lawrence, to, to give me the role. And Lawrence actually went on to tell me that he was going to give me the part of row after on the cast change. But then I, I sneaked off to the first sort of twenty odd auditions for the the um, sort of Joseph program. Um, and never expected to get beyond the first few auditions. It was just, I think, almost 11,000 guys auditioned over six, seven months. And then it just got further and further, really. And it came to a point I had to decide to leave Phantom and, and do the final 12 of the show. And they said to me, even if you get knocked off the first week of, of, the, of, of the TV show, we can't give you your, your job back at Phantom. So, and I had my first mortgage with my brother, Casey, my first flat as well. I had bills to pay. I had wow, no money. It was a tough choice. So it was a massive financial risk. And luckily, it all worked out okay, yeah. But it was... Um... Yeah, it, yeah it, it worked out okay for you, mate. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you did it, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I got to the last 20. You did, didn't you? I, I, I forgot it was, the, it was the final 20, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, I got to Andrew's Castle. Still massive, you know, achievement. Yeah, out of 11,000. Yeah, getting down to the last 20, yeah. Yeah. I was being, I was 18 and I remember flying back and, cry, and crying on the aeroplane. <laughs> 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 like, but just like silently looking out the window because it was the first time I'd ever been on an aeroplane. Oh my god! When I flew to Andrew's Castle, I know that is yeah. the campest um, theatre story I've ever heard. <laughs> I had no idea that was the first time you've ever been on an airplane was to fly to Andrew Lloyd Webber's castle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, anyway, I didn't go on to win it. And you did. Well done. Good for you. Yeah, and I remember I came to see you. Uh, I brought my kids, who would have been quite small then, and a friend of mine and his kids. And you very graciously, even though we didn't really know each other, uh, you agreed mm. to meet us for a picture at the stage door. I remember yeah, that. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, and I thought the show was great. I mean, I'd seen, I've seen it a few times in past iterations, but, you know, for me, you are the definitive Joseph. Oh, thanks, John. There we are. We could put a little sting in there. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So now we're going to do something called Al's 10 Questions. Right. We give you 10 questions about your life and career so far, um, just as a way of getting to know you nice and quickly. Sounds good. It's a little whiz through your career. Brilliant. This is Al's 10 Questions. Are you ready? Let's do it. I should say it's against, it's against the clock. It's against the clock. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, I should say that you don't win anything. <laughs> yeah, but I think out of all the guests we've had, who's had ten out of ten, Alistair? I think didn't didn't Michael Ball get ten or he got nine? Or something? I, I don't know nine. I don't think we might not have had a ten out of ten. So 
You could be the firstly. You, you know what? You actually could be. That your question is doable. Okay, here we go. Are you ready? Yep. Bam, bam, bam. Your 2007 single, Gonna Make You a Star, was originally sung by which pop star? David Essex. Correct. Question number two. You won BBC's Any Dream Will Do, a talent search for Joseph in the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. But a talent search for what show aired on ITV simultaneously? Jesus Christ. No, Greece. Greece, correct, correct. Zoe Ball did it, didn't she? Question number three. According to Wikipedia, how many times did you play the role of Joseph in the West End? Oh, once. Trick question, I think. No, no, no. How many times? How many performances? Ah. Oh, six, 600. Correct, 600. Wow. Question number four. You toured the UK in Tommy, the music of which was written by which band? The Who. Yes, who wrote the music? Uh, Pete Townsend. Uh, Roger Daltrey. No, sorry, who? Who wrote the music? Oh, that is, is, is what awful, I'm trying to tell you. Awful, awful joke. <laughs> I mean, he's making up for the fact that these are not difficult questions. My God. <laughs> question, question number five. So the answer is the who. You should have got that, really. Um, question number five. You appeared in CBBC's The Dumping Ground, which is a spin-off of what other children's TV series slash books? Tracy Beaker. Yep, bonus question. Beaker is a character from which American children's TV show? Sesame Street. Very good, very good. In London, you played lead roles I'm in sorry, Among I'm Others. sorry, sorry, what Beaker I thought was in The Muppets. Oh, I think you're right, John. The Muppets, is that all the same thing? No, it's not. It's in The Muppets. He's the assistant to... Oh, it's The Muppets. Doctor it is the Muppet. Honey Bun or something, Doctor. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, you're right. I got confused. I thought I thought of them as the same thing, but they're right. not the well, same thing. Well, we need they? to give him that as a correct answer because he agreed with me immediately, so he did know that. It's also a bonus question, so it doesn't count for anything anyway. Yeah, so but that means he might get eleven out of ten. <laughs> well, yeah, it could be. <laughs> question question number six. In London, you played lead roles in, among others, Cinderella at the London Palladium, Legally Blonde at the Savoy, and We Will Rock You at the Coliseum. But which of these venues has the largest number of seats? London Coliseum, 2,600. Correct. It's not 2,600. Apparently it's 2,359, but it is the biggest one, so you get the point. Oh. Question number seven. You and I have both performed the role of Joseph in various iterations. Yours more prolifically, sure. Name two others that we've both performed. Two other... Roles. Shows. Other roles. A Christian Saigon, mm-hmm. although I was a cover mm-hmm. years ago. So was uh, I and um, Joseph, so we're even. Two other shows. Both, oh, no. Um, You're going to kick yourself, mate. Yeah. C- come on, it's... I'm going to kick myself. What two roles have you both played in the West End? Yeah. Oh, I can't even think. Oh, Fier- Fierro. Fierro, very good. <laughs> Question number eight. Your middle name is Stephen. Name a musical theatre composer called Stephen. Stephen Sondheim. Correct. Could have had Schwartz or Flaherty, who wrote Ragtime. Question number nine. You played the role of Billy Flynn, but which Oscar-winning actor played the role in 2018 in the West End? Cuba Gooding Jr. Cuba Gooding Jr. And apparently he butchered it. <laughs> Question number ten. Honest but true. <laughs> Question number ten. You appeared as Lofty in both Casualty and later Holby City. Are you responsible, do you think, for Holby City's ultimate demise soon after? (laughs) (laughs) Highly likely I did contribute on some level, yes. I suppose the answer is we will never know, but I'll give you a point. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Bravo, I think you did get ten. He got ten. Did I get ten? Yeah, he got ten. ten. Plus he got the bonus question. I don't know how narcissistic that is that I know all the answers about myself. (laughs) Well, you know yourself very well. 
<laughs> we should congratulate you, uh, Lee Mead, on being the first person to ever get 11 out of 10. Yay! <laughs> we'll do a sound effect. Yeah. Very good. Bravo. Very good. That was yeah. Right, well done. That was a great quiz, very entertaining. Some great questions, great answers. Bravo. But now let's get to the meat of this thing and talk about your tour. We ostensibly want to talk about your last show on Earth Choice, which we'll come to, but I think you really want to tell us all about your tour, don't you? Your solo tour. Tell us about it. Oh, it's very kind, John, for the plug. Yeah, well, it's um, if I'm being open and honest, I think coming back from the pandemic for every singer regardless of what level you're at it's it's been a real challenge isn't it and i, I used to go out every couple of years release an album and do 25 30 date theaters the sort of five to six hundred seaters and i'm just doing the eight dates on this tour it's a two-week tour nice. i don't put too much pressure on trying to sell them out and it's uh, going out with, with a great band that i've been playing with for about seven eight years now uh, adam dennis you might know is is my uh-huh. does a lot of dave arch on strictly and yeah he's a great pianist and um great players so just yeah, just eight dates. It's new songs I haven't sung before, and um, oh good, it's, it's called the best of me. Uh, why you might be asking? Well, yes, <laughs> considering it's all new stuff. Yeah, I mean the best of me implies that it's all old stuff. But go on. Yeah, <laughs> the reason I, I like the, I like the title, but the reason I did it was I had a couple of people say to me that there's a girl Christine I just did we'll we'll, uh, we'll rock you with as well recently, and, and we're backstage mid show one day, and she went, "We've done almost a hundred shows in rock you." She said, "I've got to say, I." I you do give it a hundred percent every single show is Khashoggi, don't you? And, and it, I thought I, w- I went actually, yeah, I guess I do. And, and um, I'd like to think, you know, uh, you know yourselves. Most people in this game do are fully committed every show, but there's a lot of clocking it, it, it in sometimes. Oh, and, yeah. yeah, certainly in the long run, yeah. Yeah, but I, I've always prided myself on just giving it hell for leather every single performance, and uh, it sounds a bit cliche, but um, and I said to Christine, oh, it's a really kind thing to say. So. The best of me is just me sort of saying, you know, regardless if it's a concert or, or acting role or whatever, I, I, do, I do like to think that I, I give 100%. So, so for those eight shows, in your, nice. eight shows in your tour, you're going to be giving 100% every night. So that's, uh, yeah. yeah, so the audience yeah. is going to get real value for money, aren't they? It sounds like, it sounds like the audience is going to get the best of you, to be honest. <laughs> no, I thought yeah. the best of you was your arse, though. Yeah. <laughs> according to your accolades yeah yeah maybe you should that's how you should start that i've got the concept for your concert there's a big screen lee mead the best of me and then just a picture of your ass and then you come on and sing all your songs it's <laughs> a great idea yeah. so let me look so you are so you are touring too let me say, so you're touring to the Apex in Bury St. Edmunds on the 17th, the Harlequin Theatre, Redhill, Watford Palace, Westcliff Theatre in Clacton, the New Theatre Royal Portsmouth, Newbury Corn Exchange, Taunton, Brewhouse, and the Swan Theatre in Worcester. Oh, all, all lovely little venues there, lovely little towns as well. Yeah, so, so you, weren't in, weren't, you weren't interested in doing the O2? No. Wembley, Wembley Stadium <laughs> was busy, was it? <laughs> fully booked no, it's, uh, but you're right though it has been really hard coming back after the pandemic I mean I do my own tours and stuff as well but oh my god uh, it's all last minute tickets as well so it's really hard it's very scary you know people yes. buy tickets right at the last minute and you can sell out but right up until the wire you think I've got 50 people in tonight 
It's so weird. I think the reality is, I mean, I'm from a very working class background family. Your dad's a postman and talking to his friends and that. Your people, the, the, the bills are going up. People got less money, less disposable yeah. income. So the money they have got, like doing the one in Rocky this summer, every single shirt at the Coliseum was sold out. I think what people are doing now, they're saving up their money and being very, very selective of, of what they want to see. Yeah. They'll go and spend their one show for that year in a big production, but local regional theatre because it's so important as well, you know. Mm. I was having a conversation yesterday with um, Martin Ball, who's an actor in the industry. I don't know if you know Martin, but we were talking about how we, we can't really fathom how the 30 West End, large West End venues that there are can sell and sell enough every day mm. from the number of tourists that enter the country. It baff- it ba- like the, the mathematics baffles me. When you look at Wicked alone, which is a 2,000-seater, it so it sells 16,000 tickets every single week. Yeah, but just what's amazing to me is that so many people decide, oh, let's go to the theatre tonight, and they all go and see that one show. 2,000 people have all made the choice to go and see that show. I find that baffling. There must Every be day. the law of averages must mean that there'll be one show of Les Mis or Phantom or Wicked where there will be nobody in the audience. Yeah, yeah, it must be. But it's never happened. No, it's extraordinary. Absolutely, extraordinary. it's extraordinary. Yeah. And yet, and and yet, we try and do you know because I do the same thing. I do I do sort of concerts every now and again at, at kind of five hundred seats, a kind of level, and it is like you're having to really push it to get it sold. Yeah. You know. It's just doesn't, yeah. it doesn't make sense to me. No, have you up. not got a new album coming out to go with this tour? You're doing it later. I've, I've got an EP, which I'm going to produce myself and fund myself, actually, for this okay. one. So I'm doing five tracks and just to, to tour that with. When is that coming out, that EP? Uh, it's coming out for, uh, for the tour. All yeah. right, and so, so you'll be selling um, them and signing them and stuff at the venues? Yeah, yeah. So it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, great. See the fans and, and do a signing afterwards and, and uh, sell the EP as well. And then I'm going to go on the ships. I've got a few cruises, I've got four more cruises before the end of the year yeah. as well, which is a, a great a, a sort of fly out and do, do my show on the ships and sell the EP there as well. So. Amazing. So let's go back on your EP in a second. But let's talk about cruises quickly. Mm. Um, they've become much more... I remember when I first started back in the 90s, cruises were seen as... in. in tolerably bad things to do for your career but no it's totally the reverse you i mean actors have suddenly cottoned on like yourself and i've done a couple as well where you can travel the world get paid well and do the job you love you know why why was that ever looked on as being naff it's so weird isn't it it's a glorious job yeah and one i would love to do if you know when i get the opportunity to do it i'll definitely get on some cruises What's, what's the best one you've done? I mean, you must have done somewhere that had been a bit tiresome, but there must have been one where you went, oh, my God. I, I think the one that we, we did together, the the stages one. Oh, yeah. With Michael and um, Beverly Knight, they didn't see yourself. And yeah. That was a full-on musical theatre fest, but that, that, that was a, a great, great cruise. Um, and, and the yeah. theatre was huge, wasn't it? And full. Yeah, it was massive. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that was a lot of fun, but the, the intimate ones, so to, the, the ships I do for PO, that, that is like a limelight room. It's about a one seventy room, yeah, uh, great band, nice. and uh, I, I like that intimate vibe as well. So it's yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. more cabaret style, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I've done a couple of them as well, yeah. Well, uh, so your EP then to go back now, what's it called? The best of me. <laughs> Very good. No way, God, that's so clever. Let me write that down. Um, and so, uh, can you tell us what tracks are on it? Or not? Still deciding at the moment, but I'm hoping uh, the power of love from uh, Back to the Future, which the shows in the West End at the moment, obviously. I've always wanted Mm. great song, great track. Uh, A different corner by George Michael. It's my favourite George Michael song. That is lovely, lovely song, isn't it? Yeah. Let's hope you don't do a Cuba Gooding Jr. on it. 
<laughs> well, look, we're all looking all, all looking forward to hearing about how the tour goes, and that will be um, and that's out next month, uh, October the seventeenth. It kicks off, yeah, and then it tours those tours those venues until the end of October. Yeah, and we'll put the dates in the podcast description as well. So, and have you got a website where you can buy your EP? Yeah, leemead.co.uk. Amazing. Great. Well, let's get into the the main. Oh wait, we haven't done what three words? Oh yeah. Yeah. Ah. Do you know what, what three words is, Lee? No idea, but go for it, yeah. yeah. Right, Let's okay. Go. So we're gonna ask you now to choose three random words, it could be anything. Mm. And Alistair has this unique and absolutely pointless skill where he can tell you exactly how many letters are in those three words. Oh wow. So should we do that? So have you got three words in mind? Don't say what they are yet. Three random words. Anything. Yeah. Three random words. Just look around the room you're in and pick three things. <laughs> yeah? And he'll be able to tell you exactly how many letters are in that. Yeah? This is what three words. What three words have you heard that you'd like to challenge Al with? It's a special skill to give you a thrill and prove he's a real wordsmith. Give him three words and he can say how many letters they contain right away. What three words have you heard that you'd like to challenge Al with? Oh, what three words have you heard that you'd really like to challenge Al with? So, Lee Mead, what are your three words? Cake. Hasselhoff. Chelsea. 21. What three words have you heard that you'd like to challenge Al with? It's a special skill to give you a thrill and prove he's a real wordsmith. Give him three words and he can say how many letters they contain right away. What three words have you heard that you'd like to challenge Al with? Oh, what three words have you heard that you'd really like to challenge Al with? I sat in a bar in New York with him and, and questioned him for like 45 minutes and got him to do that again and again and again and again, like some kind of performing monkey. And uh, he, yeah. he duly obliged because, of course... He's counting them, though. Is, is he counting them? You say 21? 21, yeah. Is he right? Probably. I mean, Hasselhoff is a tricky... How do you spell Hasselhoff? Two, it's two S's, two F's, one L. One L, yeah, then, then, then I am right then, yeah. You are. Yay! Wow. <laughs> have you met the Hoff? You must have met the Hoff, Lee. No, he, he did panto in Southend one year, where I'm from, and I was hoping to, to sort of meet the Hoff then, but uh, it never quite happened. Uh, I've, met, I've met the Hoff. Have you met the Hoff, Brammer? I've not met the Hoff, but I've got a, I've got a Hoff-related thing that I find funny that you'll be like, this that's stupid. But um, I'm I there's a, a friend of mine had a T-shirt. It was whenever people had things on their T-shirts like ten years ago, everyone had something on, and it was a picture of David Hasselhoff, and it said it said in German it said um, Ich Lisa Hasselhoff, and I said, what's that say? And he said, it says I love Hasselhoff in in German. I said, no, it doesn't. It says I read Hasselhoff. Because I speak German. <laughs> Jesus, hang on. <laughs> it was a cheap T-shirt. Right. Okay, so this is new. I've known you for a while, Alistair. I had no idea you were bilingual. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't really speak German, do you? Not fluent German, but I can get by in Germany, yeah. All right, okay. What does Pimmelschlecker mean? Oh, that means p- uh, penis schlecker. Uh, schleck. Oh, liquor? <laughs> yeah, cock liquor. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which, funnily enough, Lee, is the name of my next EP. <laughs> you know, I learned that word because I had we had a, an exchange student in school, and you know, you when you get like French and foreign exchange students, you always ask them for swear words in, in their own language, and that's where I learned that. 
Bimmelschlecker. Cocklicker. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Uh, my, my, my fiance is, he's half German. Her, her dad's German. He's from. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, we're cutting all this out. We're cutting all this out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mention the war. <laughs> oh, dear me. Yeah. So, so she's half German. So, what? Her dad's German, her mother's German. What? Dad's German, mum's English. Yeah. So, uh, d- dad's oh, right. uh, Munich, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Munich. Ah, oh, yeah. Have you been over to Germany? Yeah, a f- few times over the years. Yeah, it's great actually. Isn't it? It's it's a much maligned, and people don't expect it, but it's fucking, it's great. Mm. I loved it there. It's yeah, a beautiful yeah. city. Beautiful yeah. place. Yeah. I worked in Berlin, and, and it was um, it was such a nice place to be for a week. We just got to walk around and went over and looked at the wall. And you've just reminded me working in Berlin about, about that very famous misquote from John F. Kennedy. Do you know that? No. Where he apparently landed in Germany, and he got onto the steps of the plane, and he said proudly, "Ich eine Berliner," which means he thought I am. In Berlin, but it actually meant I am a donut. <laughs> really, the way you... <laughs> yeah, yeah, glorious, isn't it? Great. Yeah, I'm a Berliner. No, you're not. You're a donut. <laughs> right, come on, let's get on to the last show. Let's get on to the last show. Yes, now, you've done. Um, yes. So we talked about your career and stuff, and that's all. I mean, you could talk about it forever, really, because you've had an amazing uh, journey, you know, and taken some brave steps as well. I mean, you know, the whole what you were saying about you know risking your financial stability on what was really a, a duck shoot, potluck. You know? Gamble, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, having your ass rubbed on the telly by Alistair Brammer. I mean, you've had the highs and you've had the lows. Um, but let's let's talk about now what show you would love to see if you only had 24 hours to live. There's an enormous asteroid hurtling towards Earth. We can click our fingers. You can choose any show you want. What would that be? Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f- are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com well it was a hard choice because there's so many as you guys know and Every show is so different, but I was thinking back, and one of the the few shows I've seen more than once or two or three times was Jersey Boys. Yeah, ah, Jersey Boys, right? Okay, what is it about Jersey Boys that you love? I think I love the fact it was based on a true story. I, I love the fifties. I love that style of music, and um, I remember seeing the original production. Yeah, you know, with Glenn, Glenn Carter, I know Glenn and Ryan Malloy. That was like the Prince Edward, wasn't it? The Prince Edward. It was, yeah. And so yeah. I was just completely blown away by the direction and the honesty of the piece, and and how slick the whole thing was, and. And those songs, you know, I mean, just unbelievable, like, aren't they? Sherry, big girls don't cry, or oh, what a night, walk like a man, begging. 
you know what I really loved? Because I listened to the cast recording. I've never seen it, mm. but I listened to the cast recording in anticipation of this. And I love the fact that the songs are so short. Yeah. 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 Walk Like a Man, 1 minute 52. Yeah. Is, there, is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, 1 minute 52. Can oh, you imagine like, you put that next to any song from any modern musical, which goes on forever? Yeah. You know, it's just like, oh, God, what a joy it must be to not just watch it, but perform it. I can't believe you've never seen Jersey Boys. Uh, well, I mean, I, you know, like I've never seen loads of shows that I should have seen, but I'm always busy. And like I've said before in this podcast, you know, if I'm working, I haven't got the time. And if I'm not working, I haven't got the money. Yeah, true, true. So, you know. So, I don't know about you guys, but if you're lucky enough to do shows like we have done over the years, you do, you do a long contract, sometimes the last thing you want to do is go and see a show. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely, yeah. It's true. But I th- but it, but but you're you're absolutely right in its its slickness. I've I've never seen something that's so kind of it's like cyclical. It's like one as one piece comes out, another piece moves in. You never it's it's, it's absolutely the and, clunky, and it's got real it? pathos to it. And, and I think that honesty and that and and what Frankie went through that you know the story of I mean losing his daughter to the, mm. the drugs overdose and and, and then yeah. he goes into that song um, Angel is it Angel Eyes or the yeah the... yeah something like that in it yeah yeah. That bit, that that bit, it's heartbreaking. But his life could have—I mean, his life could have been a, a musical on its own, couldn't it? You know, just his story, his personal story, encapsulating his time with the Four Seasons and all that stuff. Mm. You know, and the fact that he was also an actor—he was in Miami Vice, he was in The Sopranos, mm. and of course, let's not forget that he did one of the greatest um, songs ever, the um, title song to Greece, the musical, the film. You know, Greece is the word. I mean, what a banger that is yeah. did he I didn't again, know that yeah he did oh yeah 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 and that was written did you know this as well it was written by the Bee Gees that song oh, of course it was they've written so many good songs I mean why haven't they had a jukebox musical like a Jersey Boys yeah they will have, they will have won't they one day they, they must do at some point yeah or maybe they'll do that ABBA voyage thing mm. or voyage or however you pronounce it yeah I think I think for me as well he's clearly a man of principle and, and the big crux of the story I mean there's lots of elements but the, the fact he took on Tommy DeVito's debt that is half a million mm. half a million dollars which back then would be, I mean, be like two three oh, million it was enormous yeah mm. and yeah huge tax bill and Frankie decided to take on that debt for Tommy to walk away Scott three and he, he spent just under 10 years trying to pay that debt off and it cost him his marriage it, you know the death of his daughter and, yeah. and what an incredible man yeah so who would you have playing that incredible man who's playing Frankie Valli you are allowed to say yourself. Yeah. It can be you if you want. We've had guests on this podcast sit and watch the show and be in it. You can do whatever you want. It's all magic. Well, I, I don't think I could sing it, to be honest. It's not, it's not in my range. But I, I, um, I saw Ryan do it, Malloy, and I have to say, I mean, people, people have said it, he was absolutely incredible in that role, and the role was made. Yeah. And it just, the songs just sat in his voice, and I think Frankie Valli's even said he, he was his number one guy. Wow. Oh, role. really? Yeah. I'd heard he was amazing. Yeah. I'd heard Guess he was who amazing. I saw play it and was in- incredibly good as well? It's John from S Club 7. Oh, really? You saw, you saw oh, John? yeah. He was brilliant. Yeah, John Lee. Yeah. John Lee. Yeah, because I did Les Mis with him. He was great. Yeah. Oh, cool. And such a lovely guy. Yeah. And a great love actor. Really down to earth. Yeah. 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 Really lovely guy. Ryan Malloy. Brilliant. Okay. Yeah. What was it about his performance that was so good? I think he was—he he just caught the essence and, and and that sort of honesty to who, who Frankie was and and the acting. I mean, it, it can sometimes be hit and miss in musicals, kind of at times. I, I think yes, overlooked. It's not just about the. As you guys know, you've got to really connect, and you can see the work he'd done on the part, and and it wasn't just him going out and clocking it in a performance. It was really yeah. sort of nuanced, and he was just 
absolutely brilliant. And and, and that moment in the show where he sits down, it is, and in terms of the direction, he, he sits with his back to the audience. Facing upstage, yes. And sings that song about his daughter. I, I was in tears. I was like, wow. Me the, too. The, I wept. Absolutely yeah. wept. And there's something, about, there's something about the music of the Four Seasons that is just... I mean, it's probably the pitch. I don't know, but it, it pierces you, doesn't it, in the heart? Mm, it just yeah. just enters you. I don't know. There's something incredibly moving about it. <laughs> Sorry. It just puts itself up your ass, doesn't it, John? <laughs> it, it just enters you. Yeah. Slowly oh, and dear. Slowly and Sorry. gently. Sorry. There's you, both in. of you boys taking this very seriously and emoting about how moving it is and me going, ha-ha, <laughs> he, just made, he just made a comment about something entering him. I'm so sorry, Lee. I'm so sorry. Normally, this is much more highbrow. Moving on, then, who would you who would you have playing the role of uh, Tommy DeVito? This is quite a left field. Is it Danny DeVito? <laughs> <laughs> it's not Danny DeVito. Damn. Okay. Uh, I've gone for Bono. Bono. Yeah. Nice. Why the hell not? Yeah. Why the hell not? I think Bono would bring a real vocal and uh, vocal edge to it, and also his energy and, and his you know his character. For that part, you know, uh, I think I think yeah. great casting, yeah. That'd be really cool. Well, that is yeah, that is that is totally left field. I was so, expecting another musical theatre type actor, but that's a great choice. Is, is, is this going to basically be an evening then of you seeing loads of people that you're just a huge fan of? A little bit, but then that's great. Why not? That's what I think you should do. So, well, I'm I'm ge- I'm guessing that me and you are in the cast then. Now I assume so. <laughs> Wonder what I'm playing. So who? Go on then. Who's uh, who's playing Bob? Well, uh, no, I think you're probably one of the swings, aren't you, Alistair? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so who have you got for Nick Massey and Bob Gaudio? Well, I'm probably too old now, but I always fancied a pop at playing Bob Bob Gaudio, uh, uh, Bob Gaudio myself, actually. Yeah, I think it's a yeah. great role, you know, the, the songwriter and, and just he's the kind of character that he was. Yeah, so I'd, I'd love to play it myself, actually. Yeah, so. That's you. Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to worry about how old you are, considering the fact they're all about to die whilst watching this show, so <laughs> yes. don't worry about it. Yeah, so, so you can be in it, yeah. You you can uh, you can be having a little drink in the green room with Bono just before you go on. That'd be quite cool. cool. That would be nice. Uh, what about Nick Nick Massey? Do you know what? what I've got nobody for Nick Massey. I, I couldn't think of who, who I'd, I'd have, really. I'm trying to think the kind of character that he is. He's a very calm... Yeah. Stature of a man. Uh, he played the bass as well. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so so who do you um, so who do you think? No, he he pl- he he plays the bass. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh sorry, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so why don't we have a famous bass player doing it then? What about um, Mark King from Level Forty Two or Steve Harris from Iron Maiden? Steve Harris, <laughs> so, good shout. Steve Harris, why not? Steve I don't Harris. know if you can sing, but yeah, the Steve the Bomber Harris, one of the great musicians of our time, one of my heroes. Amazing. Okay, one of my heroes. And is there? Have you? So, so those are kind of the four boys. Have you cast anybody else, or is that kind of the main guys you've thought of? Yeah, Mary Delgado is that um, Frankie's wife. I've got Jennifer Lawrence because she needed a bit, a bit of kind of um, what's the what's the word? She's got quite a strong character as well. So uh, yeah, she's great. Yeah, very nice. Joe Pesci. So my brother. Casey, yeah. <laughs> all right, okay. He can't sing or act really at all, to be fair, which is not a very nice thing to say. But but he he wants to school. But he just wants to meet Bono. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little cameo with Casey Mead, but um, he did one one school production years ago in Gregory's Girl, the musical. You know that, that football musical. 
Oh, my God, I didn't know there was a musical of that. That's one of my favourite films. Yeah. Is there really a musical of that? Oh. He played Gregory. No way. My brother was a great a great footballer at school, and uh, he got cast as Gregory, and he was absolutely terrible, bless him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the, the thing is, right, Gregory's a, he's a goalkeeper. He's a really bad goalkeeper in, in the film. So mm. the fact that your brother was good at football is totally irrelevant, it would seem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you remember, so the actor, uh, John Gordon Sinclair, who played him in the film, changed his name at one point, did you know that, to Gordon John Sinclair, and then changed it back. Did he really? How confusing is that? Yeah, yeah. Strange. People are just getting confused. It's like people calling me Owen John Jones. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, so, yeah, but he was married to Ruthie Henschel. Was he? Who we will have as a guest on this at some point, I'm sure. Mm. Right, so you've got got the bulk of the cast. Have you got, who have you got as your dance captain? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't go that far. No, uh, no. I've got Bob Crew, the character Bob Crew, the record producer in the show, Jim Carrey. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Quite a camp, sort of uh, funny comedy style character. Um, yes. It's a hell of a cast. Wow, Jim Carrey. So that's so. Is that just because you're a huge fan of Jim Carrey? I love Jim Carrey. As a kid, oh, Ace, he's great. Ace Ventura was, was my ultimate film as a kid growing up. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you remember that scene in Ace Ventura where he made his arse talk? Do you remember that? <laughs> you could have done that in Casualty, couldn't you? You missed a trick. I'd like to honestly. ask you a few questions. Yeah, that bit. So it does sound like I'm fixated with your arse, Liam. <laughs> That's actually because I am. Yeah. <laughs> He's fallen in love. It's nice to see. Um, good. So we've got your cast there. Uh, I've got one more. Norm Waxman, uh, Tommy's Lone Shark, the last one, uh, Tyson Fury, the boxer, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a brilliant idea. A brilliant idea. Really threatening. Yeah. Did you get um, Did you get the, is it the mob boss called Jip, Gip DiCarlo? Have you, got, have you cast him as well? Well, it, it was Christopher Walken in the film. So I, I think to see Christopher Walken do it in the stage production as well would be quite cool, wouldn't it? Oh, absolute genius. This is, I've got to say, we've had some great casts. This could be my all-time favourite so far of all the podcast casts we've had. Yeah, it's pretty strong. Yeah. Yeah. And there's not there's not anyone famous that you want to see give Frankie a go. No, you you want to see the guy you saw in 2000. Ryan Malloy. Yeah. Yeah, I th- I think I think Ryan at, 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 at the time in that part in that show when he did it, he was just absolutely incredible. So um a bit like yourself as well, Jean, John. Oh, thank you very much. That's very kind of you. Thank you. There's a fiver in the post. Definitive Valjean and Phantom really. You were incredible. Oh. I didn't know you saw me do Phantom. I did, and, and Valjean. And I remember that charity gig we had in Dunstable and you did those two songs back-to-back from Les Mis. Oh, I, yeah. I was absolutely blown away. I, I told you at the time on uh, in the wing. Yeah. Like, oh, thank you. That was a great... That was um, that was called Let's Hear It For The Boys, that, that gig, and it was Louise Dearman set it up, remember? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a great night. There's some great people in the show, weren't there? It's like me, you, Ollie Thompson, Killian, Fra, I think was there. Was Fra Fee there? Anyway... Yeah, it's a bunch of great people. Yeah, she she got us all before we were super famous. Yeah, <laughs> she can never do it again now. No, yeah, yeah. Plus, she's you know, she's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> she's not. She's like she's literally one of the nicest people in showbiz, and she's such a lot of talent. I mean, it's so adaptable. Her voice is just lovely. Who is? Yeah. Who is? Sorry. Louise Dearman. Louise oh, Dearman. Dearman. Yeah, she's lovely. We're the she's only person to ever play Glinda and. Alphabet. Yes. Yeah. He wasn't able to do both roles, yeah. That's on, something on else. On Wicked, it? 10 months on, on the show, and um, we would laugh every single show. It was Rachel Tucker's Alphabet, and then uh, Lou. Oh. Um, 
Linda, and we would laugh every single show backstage. It was just so, so fun. It was she's fun. a really, Tucker's she's really well, sort of yeah. ballsy and and just and just like a laugh. Yeah, she's like one of the lads or something. She's great. Mm. Yeah. Right, so you've got your dream, you've got your dream you've got your dream cast, right? You've got your dream show. We're approaching the interval now. You know, you're sitting there. You've had a brilliant time. You've watched all these great actors and your brother do that <laughs> <laughs> one, and you can sit there. You get your interval drink. What's your perfect interval drink? Well, do you know what? I've never had one of these until our holiday, and I can't believe I've never had one. And it's uh, Long Island iced tea. Oh my god, mate! It's a dream, isn't oh, it? Oh yeah, John. It's a, it's a game changer. I, I, like literally late morning, one of those brilliant, and then late afternoon mellowed me out for the whole whole day. I, I was... Oh mate, it's a glo- it's just like oh, it's a dream drink. I love it. It's a good, it's a good holiday drink yeah. actually. Yeah, you're but right. But you know what? Bartenders hate making it. Did you know that? They hate making but it. But if I may break it down just quickly, so yeah. one ounce of lemon juice, half an ounce of juice, <laughs> half an ounce of tequila, half an ounce of triple sec, and half half an ounce of rum. Yeah, white rum. And a splash of coke. I mean, what more do you want from a drink? It's like yeah, that's like five drinks. But yeah, it's literally like you know when I was uh, going drinking in bars, we used to have something called a Green Death. You might have heard of this. No, I don't drink. I don't drink anymore. But you you would go and ask for a shot of every single bottle that was in the optics. Bang, 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 bang. Green Death. That's what that was called. Yeah. Oh my god, that's horrible. That sounds like something something that you would do on a stag do to force the guy to drink that. You know. Yeah. Well, anyway. A Long Island iced tea is a great choice. Very good. Long, Long Island iced tea. And then you'll go on and do and, and act in act two in a lovely little mellowed out way. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> don't forget, you're oh, in yeah, the yeah, show yeah, yeah, playing yeah, yeah. Bob. Yeah, I forgot. I completely forgot I was playing Bob. Doesn't matter. You enjoy yourself. It's your last <laughs> night on earth. You can do what you want. Yeah, exactly. Why not, let's have everybody in the audience have a Long Island iced tea and then they'll all, nobody will care. Let's do it. I remember when I flew to Japan once, John Quirk, my musical director, had never had one. And we went to the lounge and we had one each in the lounge and he was absolutely shit-faced on the flight. <laughs> it was hilarious. Was he completely... Because he's like, he, he, can, he can sink beers like nobody, but when it comes to cocktails, he has no stamina whatsoever. Anyway, that's, <laughs> that's the interval funny. drink. And now, so you sit there, act two is spectacular, of course. Shall we, do a, shall we do a celebrity question or should we wait until after we've done... Oh, no, let's do the celebrity question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, it's the celebrity question. Ooh, who could it be? Who's the celebrity question from? So, Lee, every, every episode we have a celebrity friend of ours send in a voice note okay on whatsapp um we've we sort of we sort of mine our phones for the people that we couldn't get guests as, as guests and say well look seeing as you couldn't be a guest can you do me a favor and send me a question for our guests so we've um got someone incredibly famous this week um and uh, he he has a question for you brilliant i don't know who you are i don't know what you want but i do have a question for you can you do an Irish or Northern Irish accent? And don't forget that if you claim you can, and it's awful, I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. 
<laughs> there we go. Quite a threatening Funny. celebrity question there. <laughs> I love the fact that that line at the end was the only way I could work out who that was. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's Eamon Holmes. <laughs> Yeah. No, so that was obviously Taken's Liam Neeson there asking if you can do an Irish accent. Oh, no, I, d- I don't know if I can, and I'm scared to even try. Okay, so you, so your answer is no, I can't do an Irish accent. No, not not well. But I think if I had enough time and dedication, I, I could. Yeah. All right. Have you got Have you got any other accents in your arsenal? Do you do accents? That, that question you just asked me, I don't know if it's on PC to say this, but I'm going to tell you a funny story about one of my first ever auditions. And I walked into an audition and, and the director, I was so nervous, it was for a summer season job somewhere. And he went to me, can you speak any languages? And I said, oh yeah, probably about 15, 16 languages. <laughs> <laughs> and he went, really? That's, that's unbelievable. Can, can you do French? I said, yeah, uh, of course, monsieur. Uh, bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> That is an honest story. And, uh, and the panel were in absolute stitches. And it wasn't until the end, the end of the audition I realised what I did. I was, I was so embarrassed. I was, oh, my. That's, that's fantastic. What a great story. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you know what, right? Al messaged me last night and he said, oh, we could do this question. And I said, oh, let's ask him if he can do an Irish accent, right? And then maybe we could have a little conversation about accents. But I've got to tell you. <laughs> That is more than I could ever have dreamed of. You didn't expect (laughs) Absolutely brilliant. Brilliant. Can you speak languages? It may be going for the the next sort of four or five accents as well. Yeah. I can speak about 14 languages. Languages. And she's just going, all right, how's it going? I can speak fluent fluent Gaelic. Well, thanks for that. That's That's a glorious story. Thank you for that. That is a fantastic story, and I'm sorry it's staying in. Um, <laughs> that definitely, yeah. Might even be the trailer. Might even be um, the trailer. So, you've had your interval drink, and um, my question to you is, who is, your, who is your ideal plus one? Who are you watching this with? Imagine that you can be in the audience as well, watching yourself. Well, it has to be my fiance Izzy, I think, because, yeah, it'd be lovely to bring her. Yeah. Uh, and before we met, I, I think she saw a couple of musicals, but not, not many shows, really, and, and, and much theatre. And I, I took her, John, to see Phantom of the Opera. I got a front row of the dress circle. All right. And she saw Phantom for the first time. And as anyone knows how special that show is, when you see Phantom for the first time, she was absolutely blown away and in tears. And yeah, mm. yeah, it's glorious. Yeah, really pure theatre. Um, but you can have you can have another one if you want to bring someone else as well. Like you know, or your kids can come. Yeah, I'd, I'd take Izzy and Alfie and Betsy. Lovely, It'd be amazing. And how old are Alfie and Betsy? So Alfie's now nine. He's going to be ten in October, and Betsy's thirteen, going on twenty-seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so they're perfect. <laughs> So that's great ages to watch Phantom. No, yeah, yeah no, they're, they're watching Jersey Boys. They're absolutely they're watching love Jersey it. Boys, mate. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, they're watching yeah. Jersey Boys. Sorry, I'm getting confused yeah. now. Um, so, okay, so what, what's your ideal theatre then? Where would you like to see this? It can be anywhere you want. It doesn't have to be the original place, but it can be anywhere. It could be living room. Matt, Matt Lucas did it. It was in his bath. <laughs> he, he, he had his bath, and he just watched the show was done in his bathroom in front of him. Yeah, most intimate gig ever. Um, well, I thought mm. about this, and, and obviously you've got some stunning theatres around the world, yeah, Palladium. I thought Radio City, New York, 
<sighs> would be incredible. God, that's perfect. Yeah, beautiful, stunning yeah. venue, isn't it? And um, oh, yeah. for, for concerts mainly, and not not really mu- so much musicals. But um, yeah. did you ever see the, um, uh, the is it their Christmas concert, the Rockettes and stuff? Have you ever seen that there? No, no. I, oh, I, well, if you the next time you're in in New York, at Christmas time, go and see it because it is so Christmassy. It's brilliant. Oh, wow. um, yeah, yeah, so, I mean, are you going to then go to a restaurant after the show near Radio City Music Hall, or have you got somewhere else in mind? Uh, probably Covent Garden. Yeah. Where I went recently, because I was trying to think what meal, what final meal would I like to have, and it would probably be the same meal that I had recently with Brenda Edwards in, in Rock You, because we, we're food buddies, and, and every Saturday between shows, we go for a bite to eat, and at our last day, she said, where would you like to go and eat? And I said, I'm not sure, and we went for a stroll, and Gaucho's was was open, and we had, we had an hour and a half, and we went in, and we both ordered four hundred gram fillet <laughs> steak. Oh. And I kid you not, it was the most amazing steak I've ever had in my life. It was like cutting through butter, it, 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 and, and the yeah. taste was absolutely delicious. I apologise to any uh, vegans and vegetarians right now, but um, yeah. Well, look, I used to be a butcher's son. I used to work in a butcher shop. I used to butcher meat. When I, before I became an actor, yeah. Oh, wow. And um, I love a fillet steak. You know, meat enthusiasts would probably go for a ribeye because there's more flavour, but mm. I'm with you, mate. I much prefer a fillet steak if it's cooked right. Mm. Good. Um, if I can give extra detail, I, I, went, I went with the peppercorn sauce. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's reading <laughs> off his notes. I love this. I he's, he's written it down to get it right. I, and I've got the thick cut chips and the, and the creamy spinach. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, that sounds Heaven. bloody delicious, to be honest, yeah. Uh, large glass of Malbec as well, yeah. Oh, right, OK, yeah, Malbec, oh. See, I large. don't drink wine anymore. Oh, yeah, you're not allowed, are you? Oh, uh, yeah. I've, well, actually, I've just been um, diagnosed as a celiac, mm. so, and I'm a foodie, right? So that means I can't eat gluten, which means pasta, bread, pizza, all that stuff. So butter, dairy, I don't eat that. I don't drink anything, really, apart from gin. So my life has changed a lot. So you live on just what? Is it just like gin and no, courgettes? No, it's, it's bat- potato it? waffles, gin and courgettes, yeah. <laughs> That's my life at the moment. Right. But I've got to tell you, there's a couple of other really great steak restaurants. The next time you're out for a steak, have you been to Hawksmoor? I've done Hawksmoor before. It's Hawksmoor. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and have you also been to Blacklock? No, no. Is, is that in London? Or? Write, write that down. There's a few of them, yeah. Oh, my God, they're Sunday roast. I mean, you order chops, right? And they bring out this, this, it's like a, it's like two foot high pile of chops. It's just, it's great. It's retro, it's chilled. Blacklock is fantastic. I'll tell you what I love for a steak recently. It was, and it's, it's, it's not a fine steak. It's like a minute steak, but it's deliciously cooked and it's beautiful. It's um, flat iron in Covent Garden. I love oh, yeah. flat iron. You can't go wrong with flat iron. It's solid and it's really well priced. And yeah. they bring you a free starter of popcorn. Yeah, cooked cooked in beef lard, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, beef dripping. Yeah, yes, and it's delicious. And then you get a free ice cream at the end. Really? Well, I think we're we're coming to the end, aren't we? This is like we've got everything. Al, would you like to do a recap, or should we do um, War Horse Whistles? War Horse Whistles. Let's do War Horse Whistles. Now, do you know what this is? You don't know what this is, do you? No, I do. So we do this thing where. When we first did this, the first episode, we did it with Matt Lucas. We thought it'd be fun to chuck the old pub singer at him, the old Vic Reeves pub singer, and he had to guess the song. And that, that morphed into a more musical theatre, Mandy Patinkin sings, and then Josh Groban sings. But now Alistair's taken it to another degree where he do... Well, you can explain this, Alistair. Well, there's a, there was a thing you had to do in Warhorse to call Joey the horse, which is... You make that sound. 
Because I was in, I was in the show. I was in Warhorse. Yeah, and uh, I've now managed to manoeuvre it in such a way that I can vaguely create some kind of loose tune using my fingers with this whistle. So I would like to recreate a song that you would know well. So maybe it's something you've sung, or maybe it's something you would have heard um, using Warhorse whistle. And you have to guess what the song is. Okay. All right. That's the game. Amazing. Right. This is Warhorse Whistles. It's Warhorse. It's Warhorse. You gotta try and guess at the song that he whistles. It's Warhorse. It's Warhorse. You gotta try and get it. I really hope you get it. It's Warhorse Whistles. Okay. <laughs> Don't laugh. It always makes me laugh when I do it. Okay. Because it's because it's never good. That's why. Okay. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> well, that's. Can you guess what that is, Lee? <laughs> that's okay. Okay. Right, you're just looking at mine and Lee's blank faces on the screen here. That's that's impossible, isn't it? One more time. I thought it was the Scooby-Doo theme at one point. <laughs> He's thinking about it. Uh, Thomas the Tank Engine. Nope. <laughs> It sounds oh, please don't, okay. please don't do it again. It was begging from Jersey Boys. Oh, yeah. And here's that song, sung properly. <laughs> there we go. I can't believe you didn't get that. Well. <laughs> right, so that, that was uh, more horse whistles. At least, uh, you didn't get that, but at least you got 11 in the quiz. Whistles. I was surprised you didn't get that. It wasn't perfectly in tune, but I thought it was gettable by the rhythm. Da, 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 da. No way, never mind. There we go. Right. This is going to surprise you, but it's been about over 10 years or more, but I think I can do that. I, I think I learned to do what you just did when I was a kid. Do it. Oh, it's been years. Hang on. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'll give up. Done. <laughs> <laughs> the was the highlight for me. Right, okay, great. That's glorious. Oh, God, I was going to suggest a duet and everything. Can I suggest wiping your screen before we continue? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be terrifying if he had the wipes right next to the screen anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just this always happens. Every yeah. time I try and do my whistle. Uh, oh, just every time I get on the computer. No, um, <laughs> let's do a wrap-up and recap of your last show on Earthly Mead. Okay, Lee, your last show on Earth is Jersey Boys, starring Ryan Malloy as Frankie Valli, Bono as Tommy DeVito, <laughs> Lee Mead as Bob Gordio, Steve Harris from um, Metallica as Nick no, Nassi. No, Iron Maiden, for Christ's sake. <laughs> that was a test and you passed. Well done. Thank you. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence as Mary Delgato, your brother Casey Mead as Joe Pesci, <laughs> Jim Carrey as Bob Crew. Tyson Fury as Norm Waxman, and then Gip will be played by mm. Christopher Walken. Yeah. 
Your interval drink will be a Long Island iced tea, and indeed everyone in the audience will get one of those. Um, Izzy will be your plus one, along with um, Alfie and Betsy. You want to see this all at Radio City Music Hall and have a lovely fillet steak, medium rare, with peppercorn sauce, thick cut chips and creamy spinach, and a large Malbec at Gaucho's afterwards. Bang. Great night out. Great night out. Wallop. Yeah. Wallop. <laughs> That is a solid. That is a solid night out. I have to say. Yeah, really good. Um, do you want to do the joke? Have you got a joke handy, or do you not want to do that, Lee? Because we're just about to wrap up now and finish. I've got to be honest. I am the most unfunny person you'd meet in terms of jo- telling jokes. So it's probably not a wise move. <laughs> well, I mean, we can pretend to laugh. Do you know we did a thing when we did? We had Sam Barks on here as a guest, and she absolutely hates jokes. Right, so she refused to tell one. So we told her jokes to see if she would laugh, and she didn't. Because her claim was she does not find one-liners funny. She's like, I just don't like jokes. Yeah. I like funny things, but not, not like jokes. Yeah, um, yeah. We've also got an alternative thing I've always got lined up in case the guest doesn't have a joke, which is the um, last show limerick, which is just a little limerick that, um, that sort of neat, neatly wraps up your life and career. Um, so why don't we do that instead? Yeah, yeah, but I tell you what, I've, I'm going to make up a, a, a jingle on the spot here. Good. Go. We haven't written one, but I'm going to sing it, right? Yep. Here it goes, right? Okay. <clears throat> this is the last show limerick. The last show limerick. Very good. Yeah, it didn't really scan, but you know. That was nice, I get it, it's Irish. Here we go. This is, this is to end the podcast. There once was an actor called Lee who can act, sing and dance. Yes, all three. Well, he can't really dance. He can stagger and prance, but he gives it the full tits and teeth. Yes! He gi- oh, mate! Thank you very mate, much. Can I just... He gives it the best of me. That should have been the last line. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Never mind. Shoulda, woulda, coulda means I'm out of time. I mean, why don't we do it with that last line? Go on, do that. Do that for me. Do that for me. Just please do it for me. Please, I'll Okay. Okay. Ready for genuine reactions? Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> There once was an actor called Lee who can act, sing and dance. Yes, all three. Well, he can't really dance. He can stagger and prance, but he gives it the best of me. (laughs) Brilliant. What an excellent, excellent (laughs) ending. What a great gag to end on. Thank you very much for joining us on The Last Show on Earth, the lovely Lee Mead. Thank you very much, mate. Thank you, mate. Bravo. Thank you, mate. Lee Mead there with his last show on Earth, Jersey Boys. Perfect. Yeah, sometimes you can't beat a classic. Now, if you want to see Lee playing the role of Khashoggi in We Will Rock You at London's Coliseum, then tough, because it closed last month. But there is hope. As we mentioned, Lee is touring the UK from October 17th until the 28th, appearing in Bury St Edmunds, Redhill, Watford, Clacton, Portsmouth, Newbury, Taunton and Worcester. Full details in the podcast description. Now, if you like this episode, then please check out our back catalogue on ACAST Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or indeed wherever you get your podcasts. And also, please leave us a review wherever you can, as it really helps people discover this show. Please also follow us on at the Last Show Pod on Twitter or X or whatever it's called, and at the Last Show on Earth Podcast on Instagram. Now I'm going on a much-needed holiday to Croatia with my family after spending my summer shooting on a thriller movie called The Watchers, produced by M Night Shyamalan. We wrapped a couple of weeks ago, and very excited for a summer 2024 release. This is an exclusive, by the way, if you're not an avid reader of the IMDb website. Lovely stuff. Uh, Though I must be honest, I don't know what IMDb is either. 
No, my time at Larkage or Fall at the Regent's Park Open Air Theatre this summer has sadly come to an end, and I'm now resting up and gearing up for my next musical theatre adventure. I'll be part of the cast of A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum, which runs in Paris over Christmas at the brand new Lido 2 Theatre. Full details on my website. It's a goodie, folks, but please do join us next time when we once again chat to a very special guest all about their last show on Earth. Ask a question, nobody dared to ask. If you had a day to live, what show would be your last? What is your last show on earth? This is the last show on earth. My name is John, my name is Al. Been friends a long time past. You want to know what show you'd see if you knew it was to be your last? What is your last show on earth? This is the last show on earth. What is your last show on earth?